If there was a surprise in yesterday's budget, it was the one billion so-called cost of living splash. Low to mid-income earners get an extra $350 in the pocket over three months. Half-price public transport fuel cut has been extended for two months. Talk to Grant Robertson about that after seven, of course. Meantime, Cameron Bagri from Bagri Economics is with us. Good morning. Uh, good morning. First question, the claim you can spend from Robertson, this is the claim you can spend a billion on cost of living and it's not inflationary. Is that true? Well, yes and no, but where we sit at the moment is that the risk is that we get on our, what's called the mouse on the exercise wheel. Yeah, Inflation goes up, and then we start spending more on the other side to compensate. That adds more to cost, or it adds more to aggregate demand. Uh, you add more to aggregate demand, or people are spending a little bit more, that adds more to inflation, and then you look to, to compensate for inflation on the other side, and then we're, that mouse on the exercise wheel starts going round and round. Yeah. Step back, Mike, look at the bigger picture. We've taken a bit of a hit here from COVID, it's a negative supply shock, so our living standards are slightly a little bit lower. Yeah, what we're expecting to do here is basically stay the same. We're expect to be more wealthy going forward amidst the supply shock. The inflation going forward, it's still there. What happens to the Reserve Bank target? It's supposed to be two or one to three. That, that's a really good question, Mike. When you start to think about the end game here as in three to four years out. So let's have a look at the Treasury's forecast. Treasury's forecast are that inflation is going to average 4.1% for the next, over a five-year period. Now, we've been used to inflation averaging 2% over the past 30-odd years. And one of the things that's going through my mind at the moment is that maybe the economic cost of getting inflation back down towards 2% becomes too hard. You know, the economic cost of taming inflation is that asset prices go backwards and unemployment starts to move up. Now, we're still really early into that adjustment phase, but when you think about you know, globalisation reversing yeah, there's a lot more pressure on the labour market going forward. Yeah, maybe 2% inflation is a little bit pie in the sky down the track. And what ends up going on, because as the economic costs become too hard to bear, yeah. we shift the inflation goalposts. Exactly. So we're already forecasting 5% unemployment going forward, which isn't good enough given what we've got at the moment. So if we're getting 5 with inflation at 4, then what happens? Well, once again, we're into this adjustment, you know, what's called the, the tough love. Phase. Yeah, we've experienced what's called sugar candy economics, where we pump the economy up on temporary relief in the form of large-scale asset program record low interest rates, $16 billion COVID relief fund. Now, a lot of that was necessary at the time, but we're now into the tough love, the payback, yeah, the pay in the piper sort of phase. And the pay in the piper is where you dish out a little bit of economic pain to curb that inflationary thief. Because that inflationary thief at the moment is alive and well, yeah. and it's hurting households. But there's no free lunch here, Mike, in regard to, we're going to have to pay for this on the other side. And this is where we're starting to see the early stages of the housing market correction. Your house prices are down 6% from their November peak. In Auckland, they're down 10%. The unemployment rate is still low, but it'll be a different story over the next sort of 12 to 18 months because to curb inflation, you know, the Reserve Bank needs to inflict a little bit of damage out there. And one wonders two to three years out, whether society or politically we're going to be prepared to wear the economic damage of getting inflation back down to 2%. Exactly. Do you believe the forecasts in general, by the way, unless I've got a typo in front of me, GDP is forecast 1.7 this year, 4.2 next year, 0.7 in 2024. Where's the 4.2 come from? Well, the 4.2, I suspect, is a little bit of a a reopening-style bounce. But you know, I have a look at that sort of 4% sort of number in an environment where you've got inflation, which is pretty strong and rampant. But you put 4.2% growth into a rampant inflationary environment where you're going to get more inflation, not less than the Reserve Bank is saying they've got less inflation. Yeah, that 0.7% number is a little bit of that pain in the piper. 
sort of effect. We need to see slower growth. When you're seeing growth less than 1%, you know, yep. that's getting you dangerously into that recession zone. Exactly. So where does the wage rise come from next year of 6%? Who's paying that? Well, this is where if you look at yeah, Treasury's forecast, it's not just a 6% that year. It's a 5% year after that and the 5% year after that. Yeah, when you see inflation, that's cumulatively going to add up to be two, sorry, 20% over a five-year period. You have 4.1% per year. Yeah, what Treasury's got baked into their cake is that wages are going to average in excess of 5% for the next sort of five years. So if you're a small business at the moment, you're looking at that trajectory and thinking, I've got to find a 25%, what, 25% more money to pay wages on the other side. And this is where we go back to what I said at the start, Mike. It's the old mouse on the exercise wheel. Inflation moves up. Wages have got to move up to compensate. That means costs go up. Costs go up. Firms add more to inflation prior prices. And the, we're on that mouse on the exercise wheel. And we've seen that playbook way back in the 70s and the 1980s. All right, mate. Appreciate it very much. Cameron Bagri out of Bagri Economics this morning.